0: Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about speak up. Now last week we talked about shh, listen, and that was primarily in the context of prayer. But today I want to encourage you about speaking God's word out loud and the power that that can have in your life. And I've got a lot of scripture to give you because this may be foreign to you about speaking God's word out loud. I know in some denominations of Protestant religion, some people are very liturgical and reverent, and speaking God's word out loud may seem a little strange, but I'm going to give you plenty of scripture to back that up. Now, I've shared on here many times how my neighbor gave me a little card that said, a little e-card that said, every time you speak, you prophesy your future, and then it said, speak life. Wow, so powerful. And so I want to basically break that down for you. I've got five simple steps at the end that you can apply to your everyday life. This is called the practical prophetic. Prophetic just means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. That means that the Holy Spirit inspires everything that we do. And now I want to make that practical in your everyday life. Paul says that we should all prophesy. We may not can all be a prophet like Elijah and we may not even be called to be that but everyone can exercise the prophetic in their every day life and i hope to demystify the prophetic and make it practical for you i've got a lot of scripture in proverbs 18:21 it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit Oh my goodness, there's so much here. I want to jump to Isaiah 55, starting in verse 10, to drive that point home. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my Mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, this is speaking about the Lord, but this is an example to us. The Lord is driving home the point that our Word is like seeds. And I've shared this story how we were one time putting grass seeds out in our yard for the bare spots, and I had a little broadcaster for the seed. And as I did, I I had a visual picture. That the Lord had given me that every time we speak, we're either putting out fruit or weeds. And so we want to be speaking life and life more abundantly as we speak. And we don't want to be putting out weeds, which is things that bring forth uh, destruction and death in our lives. And so very simple, but very powerful. Proverbs ten eleven says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. And so we always Want to be speaking things that edify one another, things that line up with God's Word, things that are full of faith and life. We never want to be speaking death. For example, I know you may have been around people that are highly critical and negative. And it's just can be exhausting sometimes to be around people. And it can be kind of contagious. And so you have to be careful. The Bible says in Psalms 141 3, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, and keep watch. Over the door of my lips, you know, I used to work in in an environment where we had cubicles and we were very close to one another and we could pretty much hear each other, he, hear each other all day long. And I worked with uh, one person who was extremely negative and critical. And I would leave work, and I had felt like, like in the movie Ghostbusters, the little goblin things would slime people with the green slime. And I felt like I had been slimed every day when I was at work, and I was just, felt like I had just been spewed on with all this negativity, criticism, backbiting, you know, just, ugh. I was like, Lord, I, I... I got to get clean. This is too much. You know, this is, I got to get this off of me. So I would drive home listening to worship music <laughs> because I just felt like I needed to get that cleansed off of me. And after, you know, being around those people every single day, it can really wear you down. And so you need to put a guard over your mouth and you need to realize that your words can bring forth life or death. The Bible says "Up, the power of life and death are in the tongue. And so we need to watch the things we say. And we need to watch out who we surround ourselves with. And so, uh, just like I said, that piece of paper—you know—we can put two columns on the paper: life and life more abundantly, or kill, still, and destroy. Does your speech bring abundant life to you and those around you, or does it kill, still, and destroy, tear you down, you know, destroy your joy? kill your joy. You know, you need to steal your happiness. You need to think about things, maybe steal your peace. And so we need to have purposeful intention with the things we say. The second half of this verse says that as my word goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We need to be intentional with our words and not be reckless. The Lord is our example here. Our motives and, and the way we say things matter. If you understand sarcasm, you can understand that people can be saying something nice, but their intent may not be nice. We all know the term in the South of bless your heart. Well, that can mean a lot of different things depending on how the person's saying it, uh, what they're thinking in their heart. And so... Um, You know, the Southerners are expert at that. They, You know, there's a saying that they will dip uh, the knife in honey before they stab you in the back. And so, and you can be, they can put you down in such a polite, nice way that you don't realize what they're doing until maybe you walk away and go, oh, maybe that wasn't so nice (laughs) after all. And so, for example, bless your heart. That's something that, you know, you can say it like, oh, bless your heart. Or you can be like, hmm, bless your heart. (laughs) You know, it depends on how, how we receive that and how it's meant and so your motives matter too. And so we can have a long conversation about that. but I really want to move through these scriptures and and get to our points. In Proverbs 16: 23 and 24 it says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones." Well what does this mean? We have to teach our mouth. That The heart of the wise has to teach their mouth. Well, that is talking about disciplining yourself about the things that you say. Let's say if you struggle with anger, you you don't get to just pop off and say what you want to say when you're mad because you feel like that in the moment. You have to discipline yourself. You have to teach yourself to speak God's word. Uh, Let's say you deal with fear and anxiety. Uh, You don't just get to. Have your, you know, time of, oh, what am I going to do, you know, and going into your anxiety fit. Maybe you struggle with other things. You know, we have to, we have to teach our mouth, and I'm going to get into the basic steps of how we do that here in just a minute, but we need to, we need to discipline ourselves, especially in the area of our mouth. When God created the heavens and the earth, he did it. speaking creation there's so much power in what we say and what we say matters Hebrews 4 12 teaches us that the Word of God is alive and active and so when we speak God's Word there's power in that we know that in Psalms 141 3 it says set a guard over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips so one of the things we can do is just put a guard over our mouth. Sometimes you just have to be quiet. That's wisdom right there. That's teaching wisdom to, to my mouth right there. Is to first of all, just be quiet. You know, what's the rule? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And so recently I was faced with a situation where someone was not happy with me and they kind of, you know, launched out at me and I made the decision Based off of this study right here, to just be quiet, and I, I let them have their their say. I did not defend myself. I did not engage them. I didn't argue any points. I didn't. I, I gave up my rights to be right. Let me say that again. I gave up my right to be right, and so I just just sat there, and um, I did bring clarity to one point. Uh, you know that. Basically, this was basically a misunderstanding, communication breakdown. And then I basically uh, just said, listen, I can't talk about this right now. And I made the decision not to carry on the conversation and, and basically let the dust settle. And, and we could revisit. We'll circle back. You know, I like circle back. And so um, because there's a lot of value in just letting emotions settle. And so sometimes the wisdom is just to be quiet. Uh, It depends on what the situation is, but oftentimes just be quiet. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. There's There's so much just right there. In Psalms 19, 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So we always want to be pleasing and acceptable to the Lord in the things that we say. There's wisdom in that. We always want to do that. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. Well, there again, just like in Isaiah 55, our words are like seeds. You know, I was talking about how and we were planting seed and I had this little hand seed broadcaster and the Lord sort of spoke to me through that, that we're either broadcasting Fruit or weeds, everything we say is either going to bring life or death. And so we need to be careful with the words we say. We need to be intentional with the words that we say. We, we always want to be speaking life. Proverbs ten eleven says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of of life and so words are like seeds and we need to be very mindful of that the words have power you know we think of the old saying when we were kids sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me well that's not exactly true there's power in the words that we speak you know go ask a child who was maybe struggling with being overweight or maybe they were you know whatever you know People saying things to them that's very hurtful over time and and that can lead to a lot of insecurity and struggle in people's lives and so Kindness matters and our words matter, and what we say matters. And we're giving plenty of scripture to back that up that we need to be mindful of the words we say. We either speak life or death every time we open our mouth, just like what I said every time you speak, you prophesy your future. And so we're either spree- speaking words and life, which are like fruit, or we are speaking weeds, which is like criticism, negativity, you know. Uh, venom, if you will, or fear and anxiety. And so we need to be mindful of the things that we say. So what are some practical ways that some simple steps for those that like steps, you know, what are some bullet points or steps about speaking life, speaking God's words, speaking up? And I'm going to tell you, there's power in doing it out loud. A lot of people are like, well, I pray in my mind, and that's fine. There's a place for that. But if you want to turbocharge your prayer life, you need to do it out loud. There's power in saying that out loud. Uh, Number one, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness and the enemy came to tempt him, and it was a real temptation, he every time answered, it is written. So I would encourage you to do the same thing when you are faced with with certain situations fear anxiety uh, criticism you know whatever the case may be then you need to first answer with scripture it is written and then give a scripture let's say you're dealing with fear Uh, it is written you know in second timothy 1 7 the bible says for god has not given me a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind and then you just you know you Maybe quote your scripture out loud and then you partner with that and you believe it and you receive it. So first of all, just speaking God's word out loud. There's so much power when you're faced with certain situations, put a scripture on it and do it out loud where you can hear yourself say it, because sometimes you're preaching to yourself first. The second one would be uh, daily affirmations. You know, maybe you're reading a devotional every day or whatever. I cannot stress the power of speaking god's word out loud to yourself oftentimes it's very effective to do in a mirror and so and make it in the first person if you can let's let's take that same scripture out of second timothy 1 7 that says for god has not given me beth a spirit of fear but he has given me power and love and a sound mind And so you embrace that. You partner with that. You speak it out loud over yourself. And there's power in doing that out loud. That's why I say speak up. Hear yourself. You need to hear yourself. Your spirit man is coming into alignment with God's word when you do that. And then it's forcing your flesh and your soul to get in line, too. Number three, uh, James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, let me. Here for a minute. So it was a real revelation to me as a teenager to learn that there is a difference between temptation and sin. That when I have a rogue thought of temptation, that is not sin. I don't need to feel condemned over some rogue thought that did not originate with me. Yes, the enemy can plant thoughts in your mind. Yes, I don't need to uh, be condemned over that. What I need to do is apply God's word to that. And the first first line of defense is to resist you're like no that's not my thought you know maybe it's a a temptation to be fearful and anxious over a situation resist that urging that thought to fall apart to be anxious or to be fearful resist it don't partner with it you know when something moves from temptation to sin inside of our thought life it's because we then dwell on and partner with that rogue thought now you've moved from temptation to sin once you partner with it and so we need to first of all resist the devil and he will flee from us the fourth one is to rebuke If you're not raised in a Pentecostal charismatic church, you know, that may be foreign to you to hear somebody say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, that may be weird to you, but I'm telling you there's power in it and it's still effective and it may be foreign to you. But if you get desperate enough and you're struggling with something enough, then I I would implore you to try it. So uh, let me first define rebuke by the dictionary. It means to express sharp disapproval. And we don't have power in and of ourselves. We only have power through Jesus. And so people will often say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say that you've been at work all day and the person in the cubicle next to you has been spewing and sliming you with venom all day long of criticism, doubt, worry, you know, whatever the case may be. And then you get, uh, I don't know, a bill that is uh, going to stretch your finances to the absolute breaking point, and you begin to get into fear and anxiety in your thought life, then you need to speak out loud God's Word. You need to resist partnering and dwelling with that thought. You need to nip it, basically. You need to say, no, no. It is written that, you know, and, and you apply that scripture about blessing in your life that and you speak God's word over yourself you know my biggest mission field my biggest ministry is often to myself and so you have to you have to talk to yourself oftentimes, and you have to resist the enemy coming to to, uh, tear you down and make you fall apart. The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue, and so you have to say it out loud. You have to preach to yourself, you know, uh, lay hands on yourself, (laughs) pray over yourself, and that will move us into the fifth point, which is to make a declaration, to declare. The Webster's Dictionary definition for declare is an emphatic acknowledgement of possession. Oh, my goodness, that's showing that you have ownership of something. When a king would make a declaration over his domain, it became the law. If the king said everybody had to, you know, I don't know, do whatever, um, eat chicken on Tuesdays, then... His declaration became the law of the land and that would become the law that everybody had to eat chicken on Tuesday or whatever. And so when the king spoke, there was authority and power behind it. Well, the Lord has given you authority. Everything goes back to the garden and the Lord told us to guard and tend the garden and so you and that speaking of you metaphorically you know your life is like a garden and you have to garden tend your garden and so one of the things that we can learn about authority is that where God has given you authority you need to take that authority and you do that oftentimes through declaration that's how a king would rule by the words that he would say in his uh, power and authority. Well, you certainly have authority over yourself. You can absolutely make a declaration over yourself. Uh, as a parent, you'll have authority over your children, certainly. And you can make declarations over them until they're older. And when they become adults, then your, your authority with them will be greatly diminished. <laughs> and so uh, you, you may have limited authority. Maybe over your job, your church, or a position of authority that you're in, and you need to exercise authority where you have it. But where you do have authority, you need to exercise your authority to the fullest. And one of those ways is to make a declaration. And so you do that by speaking God's word in Jesus' name as you resist the devil and say it is written and speak in Scripture. And so there's power in that, but you have to do it, and you have to do it out loud, and it can have effective power in your life. I'll run back through these. Number one, it is written. When the enemy tempts you with rogue thoughts, with temptation of it falling apart and freaking out and having anxiety and fear, you, you tell him Scripture. You affirm yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, speaking God's word over yourself. You know, you, you have to tell yourself that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And then when the enemy does come, you first resist the devil and he will flee from you. You may have to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. And then you may have to declare, I am a child of God and I will have peace in my life. And you may have to say things to yourself like, I am an overcomer. I am not going to fall apart because this has happened. Lord, I'm going to pray and remind you of your word. And Lord, I pray that you give me a strategy to deal with this problem. And then you and the Holy, Holy Spirit get together and work out a plan based in God's word. And so God will do that for you. You have to put the steps into practice and you have to discipline yourself. It's like we said in Isaiah 55. I'm going to read that again because it's so powerful. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it's painting a picture here of the cycle of a seed, and it's telling us, So is the word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose In which I sent it. We need to speak with intentionality. We need to know what we're saying and mean what we say and believe what we say. And that needs to line up with God's Word. And so when we're faced with fear and anxiety, or maybe it's anger, you know, let's say you struggle with anger and you have these fits of rage, and and maybe there's somebody in your life that's feeding into that rage. You know, you need to first of all, You need to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to put your word on this. And I've built myself up that I'm a peacemaker. I've been saying, blessed are the peacemakers in a mirror to myself. And now when that temptation to be be angry comes at me, I'm first going to resist the devil. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to dwell and get mad and work myself up into a frenzy. And then I'm going to rebuke the devil and remind him, of god's word that blessed are the peacemakers and i desire to be blessed and i make that declaration over myself that i am a peacemaker in jesus name i'm telling you if you will apply these steps maybe you know anger is what you deal with and you start applying god's word over that situation you're speaking god's word you're Affirming yourself daily that you're a peacemaker, you're resisting the devil, you're rebuking him when he rears his ugly head, and you make the declaration about being a peacemaker, this has transformative power. That can be manifest in your life if you will partner with God's word, believe, receive, and practice it. It can change your life. You know, like I said, maybe you struggle with anxiety, maybe maybe you struggle with anger, whatever the case may be. But this is effective and powerful, and as practical it as it gets. And this has prophetic power in your life. And so I want to encourage you to speak up and speak God's word in faith. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.